Hello. Bob, how you doing? Good, man. How are you? Another day in paradise. Loving it. Awesome. That's all you can ask for, friend, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm just waiting for Kevin. Um, I'll tell him the link is on Twitter. Here, I'll just copy. I'll just copy this. I can just copy this right here, and he'll get it right. Yeah, I believe so. I also sent him a tweet for the Twitter machine, so um, he should he should be able to receive it there as well. Okay. All right. Here, I'm telling him to try this. And the link is also on. There you go. How are you, friend? Oh. Beautiful, beautiful. I'm enjoying some time off uh, talking to you. I'm loving it. I'm loving the, loving the time off. How about yourself? Uh, I'm just trying to figure everything out, man. It's an uncertain time for many people in our household. So I'm um, just trying to figure out what's happening Absolutely. You know, with, with the little ones in school and my working at school. And uh, it's just kind of a, yeah, I don't know. Well, it's a new normal. It's, it's a new normal. It's something that uh, I never imagined we'd be living in. Uh, <laughs> no. You know, the Spanish flu, the civil rights movement, yeah. and uh, the Walking Dead all at the same time. So, yeah. you know. I agree, There's friend. The man. It's all right. The man. There we go. Can you hear me? Yep. Yeah, Crystal. Oh, cool. How about can you guys hear me okay? Sure can. Yes. Awesome, awesome. Well, Kevin, it's a pleasure uh, for joining me. The, and, the pleasure's uh, all mine, Sean. Excellent, excellent. So we'll, we'll go ahead and get it started. It's going to be very, very informal. But before we even begin, let me tell you guys, you guys have gold on your hands here. <laughs> Platinum, oil, whatever you want to call it, Bitcoin, whatever's the most valuable thing out right now, you guys have it on your hands. So Frankincense, gold, and myrrh is what we yes, prefer. Absolutely. <laughs> no, that kidding, was my kidding. that was gonna be my next <laughs> comparison. That is, that is very sacrilegious. I don't know if I'm read by that. <laughs> Hey, you know what? The the comic book has no problem with poking a little bit of fun at, at, at some of the religions and I love it. Kevin took it too far though. Too far. No, there's no such thing. There's know, no such thing. I know, I know. <laughs> All right, so let's get cracking. What, what's up, Demates, and welcome to hashtag DITD down in the den. I'm your host, as always, Mars, and I thank you all for joining us today. I'm super excited, if you, if you can't tell, because I have two special guests with me, and without further ado, Bob France and Kevin Cuffey, welcome to the den. How are you guys doing today? Good. That's good. Bob. I'm, I'm Kevin. Good. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, we're, we're good. Thank you. And, and 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 Mars, if I may call you that. Um, Absolutely. Kevin, whatever you want. Kevin's name is pronounced Kevin Cuff. Yeah, so. that's okay. That's okay. I didn't yeah. want to call him out. Get it's it right, okay. dude. I, Kevin, I'm, you know, I'm defending you, buddy. I'm defending, I, 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 defending I, your I was, honor. I was, I was off the cuff with the enunciation. Oh, see what I did? Oh. Yeah, I did. I, 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 oh. <laughs> But, yeah, the E silent. It's like a ninja at the end of my last name. It's just there to, to throw everyone off. So absolutely, it well, did its it, job. It did its job. It, <laughs> it, it was successful. It was very successful. Yeah, buddy. Bob, Bob and Kevin are two of the creators of one of my favorite new comic books. It's called Metal Sharp Bro. And uh, guys, first let me tell you, it, it's super fresh. It's super unique. The humor, the violence, the artwork, top notch. Where did the concept originate? 
I'll let you start this, Bob, because because it, it, it originated with you. It did. I was on my way back from the first Hampton Comic Con. I'm driving back to Cincinnati, Ohio, because I live in Cincinnati. I was in Hampton, Virginia for a show with Kevin and Drew Moss and a couple other friends. I was on my way back. It was like five o'clock in the morning on early Sunday, and I was driving through Richmond, Virginia, and um, ACDC was on the radio. The disc jockey came off the air and said, as disc jockeys do, you know, they'll read like some goofy news story or something. And they said, hey, you know, scientists put speakers in the water uh, to see how sharks would react to music and come to find out sharks love metal. Coming up next, we got Tom Petty and Cheap Trick. And I called Kevin at like five o'clock in the morning because I knew he was awake because at the time he was a Coke representative, Coca-Cola. And I called, him, I called him and I was just giggling because I was kind of punch drunk and feeling super silly. And I was like, Kevin, sharks love metal. Sharks love metal. And he asked me to explain myself. I told him that story and then we present, then we just kind of, you know, um, ran through the first arc of metal shark bro over the next like nine hours. And that's just how it kind of came about. It was just kind of an organic fun little piece of silliness that we worked out at five o'clock in the morning on a Sunday. And on that Sunday, we were very grateful for whoever invented Bluetooth because without that, we wouldn't have been able to do it while I worked. That's also true. Yes. Nothing more magical than the tooth. And and obvious sharks love metal. I mean, it's, it seems like a no-brainer. You know, if I was a shark and I'm king of the sea, what am I going to listen to? Metal, obviously. ACDC, uh, of course, yeah. ACDC, right, right, right. So the characters are so damn off the wall. And, and my personal favorite from uh, what I've read is Ira, who's like, for those who haven't read the comic book, it's like this floating bat eyeball octopus James Bond hybrid. Is, is, <laughs> w- would you say that's fair? No, that's a fair uh, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's exactly what we thought of when we created Ira. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no, what influenced that? I, I loved it. He, he was so, or she, or, you know, non-binary, whatever Ira is. Uh, what what influenced that or where did that come from? When we started, uh, when we start scripts, usually one of us starts it and then the other one comes in behind the other person to to write uh, in the same sort of tone. Uh, Bob had started the script and we had, if you read the first Metal Shark, like where he's climbing the mountain and doing all the other things that he's doing up until a certain point, he's just speaking dialogue out into the ether. Um, and we were talking about that and I was, and, I, and he had started it and I was like, well, he's got no one to talk to. So we need to create a character for him to talk to. That way he's got someone to bounce dialogue off of. So um, we noticed that we were almost at a point for being able to insert this character. So I said, why don't we just make it a, uh, like, like something a, a metal kid would draw in their notebook, like an eyeball with bat wings. Um, and uh, Bob was like, sure. And so we decided to make him like the familiar or librarian, uh, if you will, of the goat wizard. And so uh, that's where where we decided to insert it. Now the the fancy hat and such all came in in Walter's concept drawing. So that's all Walter. Like he just said, "Do you mind if we if I had a bowler hat?" And we were both like, "Yeah, sure." Why wouldn't you? Why, why, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you add a bowler? I I I, <laughs> I loved it. Now um, for you guys, do you guys have a particular attachment to a specific character, or is it like kids where? You know, people say, oh, I love them equally, even though we all know that's not true. 
But um, <laughs> is, 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 there, is there a particular character that either one of you just have a very close attachment to? Kevin? Uh, I was going to let you go first. I, I was just talking. Oh, um, no, no, go ahead. Uh, I would say I have a few favorites, but I, I love Hamzig uh, the most. And I think Bob knew I was going to say that. I love Hamzig. Um, so uh, probably Hamzig and Ira are my two favorites. Bob, how about you? See, I can't really separate them at this point. Metal Shark Bro and Ira to me are just like a duo. You need both of them. There is, there is no, there, the one can't exist without the other one at this point in my mind. So, I, I mean, I, I love them all equally, I guess. Um, <laughs> so I, I really can't. I can't do it. I, can, I just can't. I mean, I, yeah, I'm just gonna. Just, I'm sticking with that. I just can't do it. I love okay. them as a duo, so I'll agree with you. Like I, I, I think they make, I, like, I think they make a great pair. Uh, I think that we we played upon our our um, our uh, at least for me, uh, I can say I, I played upon my want to write such things as Power Man and Iron Fist to to, to show up the duality between the two characters. Yes, um, and and we talked about that while we were doing it to make sure that they stayed very separate in how they acted. But it was it was more like a, a buddy cop thing for us. Like you know, they're both. They both have similar goals, but like Ira is probably the brains of the operation while Metal Shark Bro is the brawn. And sometimes so. at points too, they switch the role of straight man. For those of you that love like old comedy teams, and I know I sound like the oldest guy in the whole wide world when I say old comedy teams, but there was always the, the wacky one and the straight man. And ironically, the straight man always made more money back in the day because it was harder to be a good straight man than the wacky one, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so yeah, so they're just, they just kind of flip roles every now and then, but they do have a consistent voice. It's just a lot. They're just a great duo. Uh, Hamzig, Kevin really likes Hamzig, who is the, I guess the, um, the antagonist of volume two, because I think he loves hamster puns. That's just Kevin's thing. He's a big fan of hamster puns. I think that's true. I think that's all true. <laughs> I, I just thought, I thought of like having him roll around in an exercise ball at the very beginning would be the best. Like he's like working out in, in an exercise ball and all these huge demons are taking orders from like a two foot tall, like hamster monster that like, I thought that that was amazing. So it, it, hamsters are terrifying. I, I've never personally <laughs> had one uh, for that particular reason. You know, the whole rodent family is all very uh, terrifying to me. But that's I, not I, true. I mean, it, that's just just because you're thinking of like mice and rats. But if you think about like um, uh, chipmunks, a rodent, it's a rodent. A rabbit is also a rodent, I believe. Squirrels are rodents. So and I think, all, all horrifying. No, all you horrifying. have a, it. a squirrel is a rat with a perm. <laughs> Remember that, and you will always be led straight in life. I don't know, man. Knowing that, but I I did love them a lot. Now I'm an '80s baby. I don't I don't know what decade you guys uh, were from, but I'm an '80s baby, and it seemed like there was a period between like 1980 to 1989 where there were like nothing but anamorphic animals from your Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or Battletoads. And I, if you read the early TMNT, it had a very darker tone uh, than the cartoon that a lot of people are more familiar with. What comic books inspired? Because I see, I see some pieces 
but I wanted to hear it straight from the horse's mouth. What comic books or even pop culture entertainment kind of inspired? Obviously, Danzig with Danzig. Yes, obviously. Uh, <laughs> yes. Obviously. But uh, what else kind of inspired some of these characters? Um, for me, I would say there is a little bit of te- uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles vibe to it. Um, I've always kind of put Metal Shark Bro in like a Bugs Bunny category. And I know that sounds really odd to hear, but I've always kind of told Kevin that Metal Shark Bro and Bugs Bunny are similar in the sense that if you can accept them in kind of in the bowels of hell, then you can accept them walking around the material plane. You can accept them in like a whole nother world filled with orcs and wizards and and this, that, and the other thing. You can accept them in space. You can accept Metal Shark Bro in the Old West. So he can kind of be in any, I guess, genre, if that makes sense. Because once you're once you're in, you're in. Much Absolutely. like much like Bugs Bunny fought like Martians and you know um, he was hunters exactly. and yeah. rednecks yeah. with crazy red beards. And the Old West, yeah, yeah. Right, right, yeah. and he wore gloves and nothing else. So yeah, <laughs> yeah to, to to supplement what Bob said, it's always been more of a Looney Tunes thing for us, uh, and that way, not that we weren't we weren't uh, at least like you know cognizant of the. Um, Ninja Turtles vibe that it would have because uh, Bob's always trying to combine uh, animals, do anthropomorphic animal I love, stories. I love talking animals. I can't he, help it. He does. He does. And so it, it's not, when he said, let's do a, a book about a shark dude. Well, he at first he said, let's make this shark dude a bad guy in another comic we were writing. And then we we're uh, the more that we went on, the more I was like, this just needs to be its own thing. Cause like it, it we have too much material here. To, to 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 put in into that comic we're already writing. There's just, this 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 would occupy four issues in and of itself about this bad guy that's that's like a supplement to this other character. And he was like, oh yeah, that's true. So he's always trying to uh, pull some anthropomorphic animal talking animal stuff. Uh, and so I wasn't shocked when he was like, oh, like a talking shark guy. Like no, it was it's it's par for the course. You know, this is how we do things. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Now, now, the book is very detailed, and there's something always going on in the background, and I don't know if that's specifically designed by the artists, and if you want to give the artists a shout-out, feel free. Um, how long does it take from cover to cover to get one of these issues complete? Oh, I mean, you can't you can't have Metal Shark Bro without Walter Osley, who is the co-creator and artist of Metal Shark Bro. He's just he's so talented and he works really fast, to be honest with you. Like he can do he was doing there was a stretch where he was doing like an inked page of comics a day. It's it was insane, like the amount of work Walter put into this book and the detail and this. Yeah. And and Kevin, Kevin was the one who brought Walter to, I guess, our attention. He did such a good job. And I just can't speak enough about the genius that is Walter Osley. He's wonderful. Right, Kev? Yes. Uh, I mean, I'll, a lot of times Walter will do stuff on his own and, and he'll ask for uh, forgiveness, not permission. Uh, which is great because that's the way uh, to do it. <laughs> a lot, well, a lot of times with us, we, I mean, we're not thinking about what's going on in the background and sometimes he'll just throw stuff back there. Sometimes it's cognizant. He'll ask, he'll be like, oh, I want to do some weird stuff in the background. Like you guys got any suggestions and then we'll throw suggestions out. Uh, because I mean, we're, we're just as much into the quirky silliness as he is. Um, but Walter came to my attention at heroes convention in Charlotte, North Carolina. 
Um, and uh, I noticed that his art had like a different feel from other artists. And I, I kept on saying like, dude, your art's got this like weird, crazy energy about it. Um, and I was like, you should let us write something for you. And at first I think he was hesitant because he can write on his own as well. He's done his own stories with where he wrote and drew them and lettered them, I believe. He did just about everything. Yeah. So he doesn't really, like, quote, unquote, need us. Um, well, he's, got no, he's got no need for us. He does. Yeah. So, like, I mean, it's just it, we just happen to be lucky that he agreed to work with us because our idea was so damn crazy. He's like, it's so stupid. It just might work. And that's and that was like a quote, pretty much. It's, this is so damn stupid. It might just work. So, well, his art complements the writing perfectly both are zany and out there and, and usually when i read comic books you know some of my favorite writers are jonathan hickman or, or jim starlin or something and then you can see other people's inspiration but your writing both of you guys writing specifically unique and very very specific i don't see influence from anyone else which is very refreshing i think that's why once i started reading it i couldn't put it down and then i was shaking my phone for the rest of the for more, because uh, it, it, it was it was that amazing. Do you have any writers, any comic writers specifically that inspired you guys? Because I didn't see it. I just saw creativity that's completely fresh. But is there any particular writers that either one of you kind of uh, is your is your person? Is the person that you really really love when you're picking up a comic book? Go ahead, Kevin. You go. Uh, I would say for me, I, I like I like writers that are completely opposite from everything that that we do, and I think I think Bob would probably say the same. Um, <laughs> we probably like writers that are way out of our league for that kind of stuff when it comes to like people writing. I, I really love Greg Rucka a lot. I really like um, I really like Neil Gaiman a lot. Um, stuff like that. Like Neil Gaiman has a way of combining the fantastic and the ordinary that yes. you don't find with with other people's uh, writings. Um, stuff like that really plays a part into like why I want to write comics. But do I think that we as a team write like that? No, not at all. <laughs> but I mean, uh, it, it, it lends us uh, inspiration and influence. Um, like, I mean, I, I wish, you know, we can get to that level of, of uh, mastery one day uh, of the Ruckas and, and, and Gaimans of the world. But uh, at the same time, I'm happy with what we do. Um, like uh, it's, it's, it's very easy to create with Bob. Kevin, Kevin's really mad. <laughs> that that he is kind of most known at this point for something as ridiculous and stupid as Metal Shark Bro, because what Kevin wants more than anything in the entire world is to be a serious writer. And that, I feel that's not true. Yes, it is. It's totally true. You know it's not you want to be a serious writer, but he's too busy slumming with me. And I, I just want to make <laughs> I just want to make stupid books about stupid things. But some Kevin is a very much um his, his ideas are very kind of fresh and fun and fun to play with. But he, and he presents these ideas to me where we're talking about things because we've written a couple of things together. We have a couple other things in the pipeline that we're working on. And I, I'll just take, I'll just take whatever idea he's throwing me and I'll just try to make it as asinine and stupid as possible. And I know it kills him inside because all he wants to do is write a <laughs> serious comic book, but I just won't let him do it. Like I <laughs> He he he's saying that, but that's not true. We 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 dumb stuff up on purpose at times because we're both we're both really s silly people in in person. So like I think that that's what lends to the writing 
the way it is. Uh, we we both are really goofy kind of dudes. So um, when it when it comes all when it comes down to it, as much as as much as he says I want to be like uh, Neil Gaiman or I would like I would like to get there someday and do something crazy, hanging out with some dummy like me, writing <laughs> comics about God knows what. Yeah, but it's fun and it like it, we have a lot of fun together. Like yeah. we, we're de- we're definitely playing on that old comedian thing. We we switch up who the straight man is all the time. So um, one of my favorite writers is probably I love um, I love Brian Michael Bendis. Mm, I've always been a big fan of his work. I like the fact that he can get away with writing issue after issue of the Avengers having dinner. And you're just like, this is really good. And I don't know why. And I like I like Ed Brubaker a lot. Like his Captain America run that he did way back in the day was pretty wonderful. Newer people I like. I like um, I'm a big fan of Matt Fraction. I like Fraction's work. And I also really like. uh, uh, Matthew Rosenberg, who does. Yes, we both like Matthew Rosenberg. Yeah, Rosenberg, did. Rosenberg did uh, like Four Kids Walk Into a Bank, which is a wonderful book, and then We Can Never Go Home Again. I was actually introduced, ironically enough, to his work because he did a Ghostface Killer comic book. Uh, I guess he did. He wrote a book when Ghostface had his record out called to like, what was it? 36 Ways to Die, or I don't know, something like that. But that was how I was introduced to his work. So it's all because of the Wu-Tang Clan. It all comes back to the Wu-Tang Clan at the end of the day. Absolutely. Protect your neck. And yeah. those are, are some great uh, writers that both of you mentioned. And I, I guess it's the yin and yang. If Kevin wants to be a little bit more serious, Bob's a little bit more asinine. That's why it works perfectly. It's like a, a hand in the glove. I really loved it. Now, there was many laugh out loud moments. And I, I really laugh out loud i'm one of those guys like you you i will make other people laugh but if you're gonna crack me you better be like dave Chappelle or something and there were several several moments where i'm literally reading this laughing my wife comes in and she's like are you okay because you're by yourself laughing and that's usually a sign <laughs> of insanity and i'm like no this is good shit. You you have to read this and she's like yeah no i'm gonna you know not do that but it's the moment that really just killed me it was satan flare chopping a monster yes with with the woo reference yes which yes. is super specific if you're not a 80s 70s nwa wcw rick flair fan who's responsible for that because i died laughing the fact that he's explaining the woo chops to these demons it, it was hilarious well you know the woo thing is i mean it's universal like you say you have to be an nwa fan of a certain age but i mean that's not true because you can watch wrestling in 2020 and anytime anyone delivers a knife edge chop to someone there's a the whole place goes woo so i just thought at this point it was just kind of a universal thing of course it started with the nature boy rick flair um and kevin and i are both really big wrestling fans so much so that the next book we're kind of well we're working on two books at once but one of the books we're working on is an you know, homage to wrestling it's an homage to like dusty roads <laughs> so, I mean, like, we're kind of just my hand is touching your hand hard time sean mars marshall when hard you time. laugh out loud on your couch <laughs> when you're reading metal shark bro baby 
Yeah, and so I'm we're just popcorn with black people and white people, and we're all sharing popcorn. A black man in a Puerto Rican eating out of the same popcorn box. But yeah, no. So it's just kind of it's just one of those things that I thought if we were gonna have wrestling in a book, we needed the woo, right? Like you need the woo. If someone's gonna deliver a chop, you need the woo. It's just that's just how it goes, man. Different and, type of Wu Tang, different type yeah, of Wu Tang. Yes, and, and we and we love wrestling. I mean, even now, if you listen to the podcast that we do, we talk about wrestling all the time. Uh, before, after, so we talk about AEW wrestling all the time. Um, we're ridiculous wrestling fans. I just yeah. bought my first wrestling shirts since my my old NWO Outsider shirt. I got them in the mail like three days ago from Pro Wrestling Tees. I bought uh, an Orange Cassidy shirt. Who who's great? I love Orange Cassidy. You can't talk me out of it i'm also he's great a, no i love him I'm i love also, him he's that gimmick is so wonderful gold that, like, it, it's am, gold if he's not world champion by the end of uh <laughs> 2021 i'm gonna i'm just gonna revolt it, the weird revolt. part is sean i don't if he, even if he was champion i don't think he'd care no no, no he's only on one percent right now yeah he gets perfect <laughs> And he's got this weird, like, Bruce Banner, Incredible Hulk vibe that, like, he's very docile, very calm. But when you get him angry, he just loses it. And it's so much fun to watch. Like, it's it's a great gimmick. It's perfect. And then I, I bought a Lucha Bros shirt because I'm all about the Lucha Bros, um, which is frightening because my son runs around the house going Seto Mero, which is pretty hilarious. And I, I also like Japanese wrestling, so I bought a Rainmaker shirt because I'm a big fan of Okada, so... Nice, nice. Yeah, I, I like the wrestling. We like the wrestling. And again, so much so that, like I said, our next book is going to be like this weird kind of mixture of like 70s grindhouse occult thing and like professional wrestling. So it's going to be pretty fun. So we're excited about that. Definitely. And I'm a lifelong pro wrestling fan myself. And really, you can do any and everything in that genre. So yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. very excited. You know, you can go super dark where your ministry of darkness or, or you can go your orange cassidy it, it's it's a great genre to tell stories so it's, it's perfect now i have four words for you guys black force ghost jesus <laughs> <laughs> it, it's because when i saw it in the comic book I'm instantly putting this in live action. I'm going into producer mode. I'm seeing, I'm like, that's Idris Elba. And then I'm like, no, he's, Jesus is like 33. He's a bit too old. Who who came up with Black Force Ghost Jesus? It's well, to be fair, we both we both have a man crush on Idris Elba. So yes, he's wonderful. He's, we love Idris Elba. Uh, like Bob and I, I've always loved Idris Elba. And, and we actually like wrote something else that we had Idris Elba like, like, if we had to like cast somebody, that's who it would have been. And we wrote another story with Idris Elba in mind because we both wanted him to be Bond, and we were both crushed. And they were like, "No," and, and it, it made us both very sad. We, 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 I would, I would stand for Idris Elba Bond so hard. Yeah, um, and so would Bob. Yeah, we, we were both into that idea. Like we, we were so excited, like that we told each other about it at almost the same time. Did you see? It? Like we were super. So no, he's not Idris Elba. I'll let Bob tell you who he sees him as. Uh, super. You know, the thing is, too, when you're doing something like this, Sean, like you don't like to take credit for anything because it's such it's such a tennis match. It's such a ping pong game of ideas that like sometimes the origin of them gets kind of lost. But when it comes to Black Jesus, I, I I'm gonna take full 
credit for it and the inspiration for Black Jesus was Eddie Murphy from A Vampire in Brooklyn. Like, oh, that's that's just where it came from. As soon as we decided, like, we wanted to put Black Jesus in Volume Two because we reference we reference Black Jesus in Volume One because it's the real Bible with the ninja nuns and stuff like that, the dinosaurs and Black Jesus. So we did we did the callback joke of there actually being Black Jesus in heaven. And as soon as we were going to put him in the book, I was like, dude, he's Eddie Murphy, vampire in Brooklyn. And they were just like, oh, so I sent him a picture. And I was like, this is what he needs to look like. And that's what it is. Walter uh, took that and evolved it from there because, <laughs> because he said no to the Eddie Murphy. <laughs> he was like, no. But it's very, it's, that's the inspiration for the yes. for black Jesus. Cause I mean, look at Eddie Murphy, vampire in Brooklyn and tell me that's not black Jesus. I mean, it's, you can't. I mean, I would, I would totally go for that. I, you know, I would worship Eddie Murphy, Black Jesus, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I personally don't have, have any religion whatsoever, but if I was presented a book with Eddie Murphy, Black Jesus, I think I would be a devout Christian, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Jesus. It's not Black Jesus. It, it's just Black Jesus, absolutely, just Jesus. Now. Just- that's what he said. I'm just Jesus, man. I'm and just Jesus. And then Metal, Metal Shark simply replies, okay, just Jesus. So yeah, he gets confused because he's kind of a bug. Yeah. But I, I definitely see, I'm like, Netflix needs you guys with, you know, all the Marvel stuff pretty much going to Disney Plus and all the DC stuff pretty much going to HBO Max, whatever the hell that is. I'm telling you, Netflix, call these guys because I would watch 200 episodes of an animated Metal Sharp Bro back to back to back binge watch. So Netflix, if you're listening, which I'm sure they are on my little podcast, I'm sure yeah. they are. I'll, I'll make a call and see if we can get some and and I'll only take like a small three percent. That's fine. But uh, that's fine. yeah, I'll call us Netflix. Yeah, yeah the agents. Yeah, that's fine. The thing is though, too, it's like it's nice to hear things like that when people yeah. are like, "Wow, I could see this being a cartoon, or this would be awesome." But at the end of the day, we just want to make books. You know, Absolutely. like we're we're ex- we're excited that people get as amped for Metal Shark Bro as we do, and that's kind of the thing that we've noticed is once people see it, once they kind of get what we're going for they dig it um but it, we just got to get them we have to get to them and sometimes it's more difficult than this because i'm kevin and i'll be the first ones to say like this book might not be for everyone yes like it might not be your thing but the people that are into it really get it and 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 the response we've received has, has been pretty overwhelming so it's very cool yeah, it's nice that they get the jokes and they get the cultural references and like the silly stuff we throw in there for them. Um, and then, and then when people that don't get it say bad stuff about it, it's actually funny to us. So like, it, like when reviewers like trash it, we both laugh about it. Yeah, it's not which like hasn't happened too too often, but we've even heard uh, reviewers saying like, "I didn't want to like this thing because what the hell am I looking at?" But I just couldn't help it. And so that those are the reviews. And the people who talk about the book that I think we actually like the most, if that makes sense. Because we converted them to, yeah, to, we, to like metal shark. Bro. We got them. Because the idea of it in itself is it's a shark that killed people for Satan and then got mad because he was double-crossed by his creator. So he seeks revenge against him. It's like that's so stupid, but yet it just works so wonderfully. And it just it, it it's a real testament to to Walter's artwork because Walter's art is so good. And it's a testament to, to the idea because when you're able to kind of when somebody gets it they'll go with you anywhere on that ride and that's the exciting part about it because as storytellers kevin and i can kind of take that next step 
you know, we can kind of keep pushing the envelope because nobody's going to go, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's too far. That's not believable. Yeah. Like, I don't buy that for a second. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's the fun aspect of it. Absolutely. And you establish anything goes on page one. Are there any characters or stories you're dying to do? Like a particular story that, that you have in the back of your head that you're like, this is what I'm really dying to do. Is there any for either one of you? Oh, for like a metal shark, bro, or just in general? Yeah. Uh, well, both, really. Well, that's funny that you should say that because right now Kevin and I have been working through the pandemic on a Ninja Nun book. Yeah. Um, the Ninja Nuns in Volume One are introduced as like the, I guess, the enforcement branch of the the Catholic Church or the Church in general. We don't want to just label them Catholic, but just the Church. Like they're this kind of seek and destroy kind of uh, arm of religion so we had a lot of people actually ask us like wow i, I want to know more about those ninja nuns those things are cool like i want to read ninja nun adventures so during the pandemic kevin and i kind of got together along with our editor Chaz pingburn who's a great guy um and we just kind of wrote a bunch of metal shark we wrote, wrote a bunch of ninja nun shorts so we're in the process of working on that now that should be out in december through scout comics we're going to run a kickstarter for that we've got what how many shorts four shorts four, four yeah yeah four. we have four short stories um varying from two pages to 12 pages each um it's just different ideas in the metal shark bro world metal shark bro doesn't appear in any of these stories but they're just all i guess threats to the world that the ninja nuns have to kind of put down if that makes sense and the thing that we had the the most fun with writing these shorts is how they deal with these uh threats in different ways they don't deal with them always the same way so uh, it was always fun to do that because um, we didn't have specific ideas for Ninja Nuns until we got to volume two uh, and Sister Christian came along. Um, so we, we started to branch off of that idea and just keep going with it uh, and see how far we could run with that side of story for Metal Shark Pro. Yeah, and it's not like everything the Ninja Nuns are dealing with are like life or death situations. One of the the shorter of the the shortest of the stories is the Ninja Nuns being harassed by comic gate dudes at a comic book convention. So yeah. that's that's a short right there, two pages, boom, it's over. So I mean, it's just it's just kind of building the world. We're we're world building here because we don't know when we're going to get to Metal Shark Pro Volume Three. We have an idea for it. We have an outline for it. We want to do it. But Walter's a talented guy and he's a busy dude. So in the meantime, we're kind of creating supplemental material like the Ninja Nun book um, to kind of fill fill in some of the blanks of the Metal Shark Pro universe, if you will. You definitely have a great universe on your hand. There's several characters that could do a spinoff today, and I would buy it and read it and stand in line uh, to buy it. So you, you guys, <laughs> like I said, you guys have gold on your yeah. hand. Well, thank no, you. But, Thanks. You, no, thank you. No, thank you. So um, for the people out there who want to find Metal Sharp Bro, let them know where they can find it. Uh, you can find the actual the, the books. You can buy them from, from either of us or Walter, or, or you can buy them 
at www.scoutcomics.com. They're all yes. there. Yeah. Uh, Metal Shark Bro Volume 2, Issue 1 will be out in stores August 6th. That's the introduction to the new story because the way Scout Comics does it is we release a single issue and then about a month or two later, the rest of the story will come out. So that should be in stores August 6th. It's called Metal Shark Bro Assault on Hamzig Island, I think it's called. Yeah, I think um, So yeah, so that'll be out in August and then the trade will be out after that. Um, you can get Metal Shark Bro, the entire collection now at your local comic shop. If they don't have it, tell them to order it. Tell them, hey, I want my Metal Shark Bro, and they can order it for you, and you can get your own copy of it. And if that doesn't work, hit us up on social media. We, we have tons of books. We can always autograph them and mail them to you. So that's cool, too. Beautiful, beautiful. Now, when are we getting the Hamzik spinoff? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know, man. Like Hamzig, we want him. He's going to be in issue three. It's going to be um, volume three, volume three. Yeah. yeah, he'll be in volume three. We have an idea for him in volume three. But like as of right now, to me, the Hamzig story is kind of finished. If that makes sense, like he had his beginning, his middle, and his end. Um, I don't really know where else to go with Hamzig at this point, unless Kevin, unless you got some ideas that you're holding out on me. Uh, no, we talked about what we wanted to do with him volume three. He's more of a background character that just adds color. Uh, to the whole well, at this point story. now, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he was he had his main story, which was you know, uh, if if you've read volume two, like what his story was. I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it for anyone. Um, but like the whole idea of him in, in the background, uh, it makes sense due to the way that we end. That. But I think uh, for the Hamzig is the main bad guy of volume two, which is coming out now. Hamzig is essentially a creation of Bielsbra. He's a, he's another creation. Metal Shark Bro is a creation of Beelzebra, as is Hamzig. So once Hamzig is t- once Beelzebra is taken from Hamzig, he feels the need for kind of uh, I guess vindication and revenge against Metal Shark Bro. So that's basically what the whole third, the whole second volume is about. It's about now Metal Shark Bro is the hunted. Whoa! It's basically like if if the the kid in Kill Bill came back to get the bride. <laughs> which, they've been talk- which they've been talking about doing, which is so For wonderful. 17 years. Yes. <laughs> get on it. I know you said you're only doing 10 movies, Quentin, but you promised us a Kill Bill Volume 3. Yeah, but so I think this, he's got to talk Uma into working with him, and that's going to be the hard part, because, like, he's, you know, the hell he put her through during that car scene, you never know. Very right. true. Very true. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, can, maybe she could just do a cameo like uh, Bill Carity uh, at the end, you know, where she hunts her down. But uh, yeah, it, it's great. Now, another thing I, I don't, I, I'm assuming, and, and maybe this assumption is incorrect. You guys are probably Star Wars fans, or oh, Star of course. Trek? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Okay, okay. So obviously, you guys, I'm sure, know the Baby Yoda uh, craze going on. Spielberg, oh. the pet dinosaur, cuter than Baby Yoda. We need these figures. We need well, these action figures. I mean, that is that. I mean, that's a that's a that's a hot take, Sean. Yeah, I'm I'm radical. I you know I, I don't <laughs> care. You know, John Favreau, come at me, bro. <laughs> it, 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 come at me, bro. Sean doesn't care. Mars doesn't care. So, yeah, I, I I love that Black Jesus or just Jesus has a pet little tiny dinosaur. Yes, that instantly Metal Shark's like, can I pet your dinosaur? <laughs> Another laugh out loud moment killed me. 
Well, because it just kind of speaks true to Metal Shark's bro character. Like, of course, he's confronted with this this harsh decision of life and death for him when he meets Jesus, and like this this realization of his his life kind of going astray. Of course, he's distracted by the the dinosaur. That just speaks that speaks his truth. If that makes sense, you know. It's crystal clear. Yeah, yeah, and he he also it also speaks to the the first volume where we had him petting a cat. So absolutely, he, Metal Shark Bro likes he likes animals. He's um, kind. He's a kind, kind fella. <laughs> he For, is a, with great fashion sense, by the way. That's know. all Walter, man. That's, that's all Walter. Walter. But if you look, the whole midriff. if you ever meet Walter, you'll understand that Walter and and Metal Shark Bro both really like purple pants. Like yeah. I don't know what it is, but like Walter's a big fan of purple denim. See, I <laughs> thought it was a Hulk thing. I was like, maybe it's a, a it's a. A I never shout out to the Hulk. Okay, no. You know, the Hulk always had these purple pants that no matter how big he got, the pants never ripped. Which I'm like, man, if I became a 10 foot, 500 pound monster, if my junk remained the same size, <laughs> I, I'm so disappointed with this camera radiation. <laughs> But I mean, nobody thought about like you know radiation for your junk. So that's the one thing I think about when I wake up in the morning. I'm like, if I were to get gamma radiated and became a rage monster, would my junk remain the same size? And if so, I don't want that power. It's so (laughs) different strokes for different folks, my friend. Literally, literally. But that's all just Walter. Walter's a big fan of purple. Like we realized it last year at Heroes because we tabled next to each other. And Walter strolls in to the comic show, what, on Friday morning, and he's wearing purple pants. And and Kevin and I are like, dude, you're metal shirt bro dresses like you. And he's like, oh, yeah, I never realized that. So that's, again, that's just Walter's decision, you know? Well, I feel all the great creators put a little bit of themselves in their in their creation. So that's, that's definitely <laughs> fair enough. But uh, guys, I know you're busy. I'm so, so thankful for you guys joining me today. Um, you always have a home here down in the den. If you have anything you wish to promote. Thank you, sir. Hit me, hit me up. I'll be more than happy. Like I said, when I find something I like or love, I go hard for it. So I, I was really glad that I was able to get you guys on. Um, before we go, I want everybody to please check out this comic book. Um, is there anything besides Metal Sharp Bro or just Metal Sharp Bro that either one of you have to promote? Now's your time. Let the people know. And we're just kind of working on this at the moment. We have things, like I said, in the pipeline. We're working on a couple other exciting projects, but those are in different stages of, I guess, development. Right now, it's just kind of all Metal Shark Bro all the time. You know, uh, when we have other things to promote, we'll feel free to come on and, and chit chat about those as well. So most definitely. And you guys mentioned you have a podcast. Uh, give the people the name of your podcast. Go ahead, Kevin. It's uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Word Bros Podcast. Um, it, it, it's on iTunes at yes. Word Bros. And you can and you can find it at uh, www.thewordbros.com. Yeah, we're doing that right now. We're kind of getting back into that. We kind of fell into like a Metal Shark Bro completion hole. Now that we're done with Metal Shark Bro, now that now that we're kind of lo- we have a little bit more free time, we're kind of working on various products again. Um, so yeah, so we're always looking for guests. So maybe maybe Sean, you can come do our podcast. Yeah, that'd be w- it would be my pleasure. It would be my pleasure. I'm just an insurance guy. I don't have anything creative beside my podcast. But I like wrestling. I love Metal Shark, bro. And I would be more than happy 
anytime you guys want me there. I have no life, so I'll I'll be there. Just let, just let <laughs> me know. Yeah, <laughs> Especially now, none of us have a life. We're in a, yes, in a pandemic right now. So. Exactly. I mean, that's what podcasts are there for to distract us. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's, it's a crazy world right now. So, Metal Sharp, bro, I, I think it could cure all the world's ills. Oh, you're uh, joking. We, 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 Metal Shark, bro, cannot cure coronavirus. That's that's a lie. <laughs> if bleach can cure, cure coronavirus, I'm Don't sure bleach. Metal Sharp, bro. <laughs> You know, it can it can do it do it couldn't hurt. It couldn't hurt. All right, it couldn't hurt to read Metal Shark, bro. Maybe right. it your immunity or something. Absolutely. That is in no way based in science nor fact. But I don't even think a kid anybody cares anymore about facts science. Don't matter. Yeah, facts yeah. don't matter. Yeah, facts don't matter. <laughs> well, guys, gentlemen, it has been a pleasure as always here and down in the den. We want you guys to be safe out there. Please check out Metal Shark, bro. Please check out the Word Bros podcast. Uh, Kevin, Bob. Thank you guys so much for joining me, and uh, we'll definitely connect again in the future. Sounds good, man. Thank you. Thank you, Mars. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. That was a fantastic interview. Uh, Kevin Cuff, Bob France, Metal Shark Bro. Once again, thank you, gentlemen, for coming on to the show. Uh, I can't wait to see what else you guys have in the future. And once again... We appreciate you guys. Amazing guests. As always, thank you guys for listening to Down in the Den. We'll be back soon with more great things in all of pop culture. And as always, deuces.